All right, GM, GM, everyone. Got our Gachi Gang Weekly Hangout going on. I'm expecting some good conversation, some good channeling, lots of spillover tonight. Looking forward to it. GM. GM, sir, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. How about you, man? I'm doing well. I can't complain. I'm ready to channel. I only have a few gotchis to channel, so I'm going to be hitting up the rental market, but I'm ready for that spillover. Yeah. Yeah. Zika makes a good point. Gas is high. Lots of stuff going on with, uh, what's it called? Planet Nine or something. Lots of these like new projects coming on Polygon, which is good for Polygon. Makes it a little bit tough to have our game, but we ain't worried anymore, guys. We uh we got the solution, just a matter of time. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. The the gachi chain, just like we were talking about our whole um, ETH Denver endeavor and how that's gonna be a big pitch. We think it's gonna be a big selling point to um, devs, uh, potential devs that we're trying to onboard, telling them, hey, look, we're gonna have our own supernet here. So this is like literally the the front line of innovation on Polygon. So you should come over here and maybe check us out. Cool, yeah. I think it'll be, yeah, it's definitely a strong pitch. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, if you look at a lot of the, the biggest uh, cryptos out there, they're, most of them have their own chain. Uh, we're just, we don't want the, all the mega hassles that we saw with like Axie, where they actually made their own chain. So the Supernet really is like a perfect option. So excited for it. Yeah, I was reading the fact a that, more you know, Ghost will be the gas token is uh, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, especially if we don't have the bonding curve, it, it creates this, uh, you know, a, a clear deflation because we're going to be burning it. So that's really cool. Actually, yeah, that's a good question. I don't think, uh, I don't know if it gets burned like EIP 1559 or if it just goes to the validators. Uh, I pro it's probably a setting we could choose, actually. They're very customizable. I'm not sure if we, because it is a fixed supply token, I'm not sure if we'd want to constantly be burning it. Uh, like, like Ethereum or Matic, they, they're basically, they have high inflation rates. So it kind of makes sense. But with Ghost, it, it is, it would be, one, once the bonding curve is turned off, if it is turned off, it would become like a fully fixed supply token. So not sure burning would be the, the ideal way to go, but could be interesting. But I'll ask them that next time we have a call, uh, a chat with the supernet team yeah i feel like that's just my inner pyromaniac it's like yeah let's burn some tokens because <laughs> we are going deflationary if you think about the forge right we're going to be uh there's going to be alloy uh that's like kind of deflated it's going to be some destroyed some gone to the uh to the dow so i don't know I, it's like the it's the new thing for 2023 just like destroy supply i love it Yeah, it's worked pretty well for fake gotchis, right? Yeah. I we were looking at it yesterday. Uh over three hundred cards have been burned at this point. Uh so wow. that's amazing. Like so quickly, like six months, over ten percent of supply. Just amazing. GM, hey, GM, GM. Happy, I don't know if you're having sound issues. I see you keep No, no, I just GM. no, I just got on. GM everybody. Oh nice. Hello. Hey. GM. Talking about capping the ghost token. 
Uh, how yeah, many ghost we, tokens yeah. are there in circulation right now? If we were to cap it off, is it like 40, 42 million or something like that? Something maybe more? No. 42 million 69. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, like that. Let's see. If you go to the curve, uh, that's got the latest supply loaded up here. Let's see where we're we at. Uh, currently, it's uh, 46.4 million ghosts. Oh, dang. It's 46. I think we need to burn We need to burn about 4 million ghosts, and then we're good. <laughs> yeah. We'll just keep it there. GM, GM. Pretty good. Just uh, yeah, me too. I'm a little exhausted. I stayed up a little that. late last night. I've like not been going out. I've been very good, but like I want to not become a teetotaler because I think that's like swinging too far, like away from moderation. So I went out to the bar to have like a beer and play a game of pool, and it's like I regret it. I didn't even drink that much, but I was like, why did I go out? This was such a waste of time and money. Oh man. You get to mint some of these large NFT displays right now. Oh, you get to mint. I just saw this on my feed. It's just, I had to laugh. Just the, the, the Polygon BD team is crushing it. They got Doritos minting on Polygon. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that last night. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, see, <laughs> Polygon has a whole uh, plaza mm. in Decentraland. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So it's kind of like a party. They're throwing a party. And, you know, you're going to be minting some some wearables, Doritos-themed wearables in Decentraland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy, like, if you're thinking about it, because, like, I mean, it is a chip brand, but this is, one of, like, one of the largest chip brands in America. Like, they legit could have a Super Bowl commercial. They do that kind of thing every year. Yeah. So... Mm -hmm. There is a possibility that, like, you know, this stuff starts creeping into mainstream in a much more organic way, like, compared to last year where it felt forced, like, everybody's in the bowl, everybody's trying to force you into crypto, yeah. where uh, having a brand like this kind of come out and having some kind of fun engagement uh, it would be great for us. Yeah, it was interesting looking at uh, their mints, like, how they how they plan on minting all this stuff, so seems like uh they made it they they made it in such a way that i don't think someone with uh you know who's never had a metamask wallet they would still be able to actually be a part of this if they wanted we'll probably see more big brands coming onto polygon this year like we saw this last year there was um there was a whole bunch of like big brands right there's starbucks there was uh they're not all coming to me now. Reddit. Um, Disney. Disney, yeah, that was that was another one. Yeah, it's the BD chain. It's like they're just crushing it. Doing really good good work with uh with that. Getting, it's gonna get busy. So makes per perfect sense to get the supernets going. But we can always hang out with uh with the Fritos when we want. 
So does the does the supernet allow for cross-chain interoperability too? Because I thought I read something about that that helps that it will be it'll make it easier to have the interactions cross-chain. Yeah, the way I've understood it when I kind of heard from their team on a couple calls ago was that they you there will be something something powered by uh, ZK technology like rollups where the different supernets will be able to like talk with each other somehow. Uh, I think that's probably still pretty far off, but that's something that's their ultimate goal is to be able to yeah have any, all the supernets can can kind of talk with each other and and the main POS chain. As far as timeline, uh, last time we we chatted with them, they said there was some auditing stuff happening. And so that, you know, you guys know how audits are. It could be two weeks, could be a month, but they were, they were pretty confident it was getting close to, uh, to having the new version that we would be starting to build on. So can't, you know, we can't give an exact time frame. There's a lot of dependency on, on Polygon, but uh, we're, what we'd love is, is summer, basically going into summer to have something. See if that's doable or not. Yeah, will there be some kind of a test net chain first before we get over to the, you know, go over to the official? Yeah, yeah. Level? Yep, there definitely will be. Uh, um, yeah, actually, they, they said we, we don't actually, the, the chain itself could actually be the test net chain, from what I understand. Like it could be test net and then go into the main net. But yeah, we'll probably make like a, a fake super net first. Nice. Uh, a super test net. Super test yeah. net. Super test net. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to Gachi Chain. I think it'll be a pretty big deal. Uh, you know, even for for builders too. Propo uh, proposes a uh, an interesting. Uh, you know, because who who else is going to have a, a a super net? Like, do we know other partners that are going to be doing this when it launches? Yeah, didn't you guys have a nice call about that uh, last, like, a Twitter Spaces, right? Yeah, the last week. Yep. Yeah, Polydoge joined us with Futuristic and Hefe. That was pretty cool. Um, and they they've been using Polygon Edge, so it's kind of like a precursor to supernets. Um, which is kind of like an out-of-the-box solution for, for a side chain, an app chain. But yeah, I think there's, there's going to be a number of them. And all I can say is on our side, we're, we're super early. Like we were kind of really aggressively pushing in the door being like, hey, when, when this uh, edge stuff evolves into supernets, like we want to have those conversations really early and be a part of it. So, you know, we'll have one of the, however many there are, I don't know, but we'll be there right at the forefront. Oh man, we're pioneers in every sense. Migrating love, to the new love our bridges. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. We were like the first NFT to really go big on in a big way on Polygon, and um, it, it, why why not? You know, we we with our metaverse and our Gachiverse and everything else else we've built, like we have to deal with the gas spikes all the time. So we definitely have been kind of like looking for a solution like this for a long time right as a community i think it's uh as soon as you start hearing about something like this uh gotcha gang's ears are going to perk up 
I remember one of the concerns we had when we started seeing all these other large uh, Polygon partners coming onto the protocol was like, what's going to happen to our game with the, the gas fees? You know, all of us do at least half a dozen transactions every day. So that gets real expensive if you're looking at, uh, you know, really high Matic fees. I'm doing over 300 transactions manually a day. No bots. I haven't even <laughs> oh, been using geez. scripts lately. It's, I literally stacked on an extra 3,400 transactions in a little bit over like 11 or 12 days. So I'm in beast mode right now. You're a power user, man. That's for sure. Yeah, that, me and Sandeep, we're going to have to become friends because I'm just all up in it. Yeah. I, he's following you now, right? Did I see that on Leinster or some, who was uh, it? I, I, I don't think he's following problem. me. I think he's following uh, my Calium. He def he liked my post about uh, hitting sixty nine thousand transactions, which I'll say probably mm -hmm. like sixty five thousand of those were from Gachiverse this you know in the last year because uh, I wasn't doing being that crazy on Polygon prior. So he does he I guess he it knows of me because he will uh, like some of my uh, stuff, but I do tag him in it. So hopefully that you know one day, one day he decides to follow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, they came out in the uh, the spaces. You were you were flexing hard on some of the validator guys. You're like, uh, you know, talking to what the guy from Chain. Uh, oh my god, not Chainlink. Um, god, Chainstack uh, HQ. Thank you. Yeah, Chainstack. Yeah, the validators. And you were just like, yep, running about thirty thousand uh, transactions in the last few months here, and. It's like, <laughs> It was pretty funny. I was just like, yeah, this is the guy that's uh, making your nodes run really hot. So, pretty cool. That guy was cool, right? Crack. Uh, he He's like all about Gachi now. Like, he was kind of a Gachi fan. He knew of us. He knew our reputation. But uh, through that spaces and then getting to meet him here in Singapore with the whole Polygon events going on right now, he's just like, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's totally on board and, and excited about, you know, Gachi Chain and, and hopefully Chainstack can contribute. Yeah, I noticed that some of those friends, uh, like yesterday I was on Twitter early in the morning and uh, I forgot who it was. It might have been Mayor of Matic or um, Johnny. They were hosting Twitter space and they, they're like hosting more very bullish um, Polygon Twitter spaces. Like, you know, the idea like that Sandeep was uh, tweeting it like Polygon is inevitable. He saw all these Polygon maxis uh, putting that up on, on Twitter. So I'm going to try uh, in my spare time to jump into more of those Twitter spaces because, I, you know, we're an OG Polygon yeah. project. So we have to have re representation when these, you know, Polygon bulls are, mm -hmm. are basically spreading the love. We so were, for sure. Th this is so on topic and something that uh, maybe, maybe speaks to kind of, you know, Avogachi Dao and, and some things like, where you guys could do some heavy lifting as well as us. And it's like, um, yeah, I think it's because of what happened with Solana, right? When Frank de Gods and all of them came over, like there's just a, a whole new level of energy around Polygon on crypto Twitter and it, in the spaces. And if we show up, we are like, we, we have a very unique, um, we have carved out a very unique space in the wider polygon ecosystem and, and we earned it and so if we just show up to these spaces if we host these spaces we go full time with it it can be very very powerful and and we have so many people here on stage right now and in the hangout listening that could speak to avogachi and join these spaces so definitely encourage everybody to do that 
you know, even at Pixelcraft, we're talking about like with the new CMO coming, he's like, we need a Johnny Metaverse, right? Like he's doing an amazing job for, for not just Polygon, but I, I understand he went full time with Magic Eden now. So he's he was kicking ass just as kind of like somebody who cared about the whole ecosystem and then they picked him up and I'm just like, man, that should have been us. So like no futuristic, if you want to do it, Hefe, you you guys like we'll host our weekly with Pixelcraft, but um the more it's very clear right now is the hot time with Polygon and we just need to do more outreach and advocacy and host spaces and just dive in. It's a great time to grow your audience, to do gachi follow gachi, polygon follow polygon. It's the right time to do it. It's like growth time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm all for it. You know, I mean, no futuristic and I we used to do uh, gotcha spaces every Sunday. Uh, but I think there's um, a lot more room for more spaces for sure. Like we could have our main Wednesday hangout with uh, other partners and then have like a more open, casual, uh, open to all polygon space would be kind of cool to have at some point uh, during the week also. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't even have to be so formal. What I've learned from like watching some of these other guys, this is my take. You guys might have other opinions or other insights, but like Johnny Metaverse has been killing it and he, he doesn't have like a set schedule. You know, he just, mm-hmm. he hops in channels and telegram interacts with these people that are builders or founders or whatever. And then he's like, yo, we'll, well, let's talk publicly. It's kind of what we do with the stream yards for Avogadro Explorers with like D work and Wonderverse. It's that concept except applied to spaces is like, let's just have these conversations in the open and it's content. It's really good content. So, Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's it's pretty cool what's going on right now. Polygon's got a lot of momentum, and we just want to. There's no reason we shouldn't be a a big part of it. So that's that's my little spiel on spaces. Really bullish yeah. on spaces. There's this um. There's a friend on Twitter. I believe his name is like Rainy Rainy Reese. He's been like he's rocking a UPFP, and he's been like uh, advocating for himself to get a job with Polygon, like directly messaging or, you know, like sending tweets at uh, Sandeep. But he's like a real big Polygon uh, bull. But he actually mentioned yesterday, and I kind of commented on it, that like, he thinks that whatever metaverses or games or PFPs that are out there can figure out some kind of skin or integration for youths, that that would be really big, uh, like in onboarding that community, because they're such a rabid community. So, I mean, I know we don't generally do that, but like, I would love if we could do some kind of initiative where we can um, jump on stage or get the youth crew in as observers or do some kind of, because, you know, that crew is not a metaverse crew. So what we're doing here is going to blow their mind. Uh, they're just like PFP DGENs, but still like, you know, might be a good little, uh, there might be some synergies there if we can figure it out. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think Frank has... Frank the guys and all those guys, they're doing good work. Like they definitely know their stuff. And um I was really hoping to meet him. He was just in Singapore. We I was trying to get a meeting with him. It just didn't happen. The, the dude's like um it's a little different model, right? Like he's definitely a, a crypto celebrity at this point. <laughs> you just can't get him. Uh you know, he's in high demand. So um anyway, I I feel like that model, there's a reason. He's he's really smart on like he sees PFPs as a way to engage with online communities, and he just he's figured that out. So, um, hanging out with with what they're doing, I, I think there's totally potential there. And from what I hear, they're very friendly, very open minded, and and just want everything on Polygon to rock right now. That's their mindset. So, um, 
yeah, we, we should engage with them and, and be friends. I like the, uh, uh, I was just going to say, I like the fake gachi uh, collabs that we've done um, so far. I hope we see more of those as well. Just what a great way to kind of showcase, uh, you know, some artwork from uh, some of these other PFP projects with the uh, crossed over with uh, some other gachi. You know, one, one, like I'm just brainstorming here, but if anybody does get in touch with them, like they have, uh, they kind of have a wearables thing and maybe somebody can drop a link or look it up. It's you have your PFP, but then you're able to drop like polygon hoodies on top of the PFP. Have you guys seen this? Like some of the Utes have polygon, like, like how did they take a Ute and then suddenly it's wearing polygon stuff because they came from Solana. And my understanding is there's a kind of dap they built that like dresses up your PFP, adds new layers on top or something. And it, it doesn't do like us with traits and all that kind of modification, but just visually, it does something. And I think that's pretty cool. Like, we could talk to them about whatever that, whoever draws and creates those. You know, they're doing polygon theme stuff now. It'd be, I was just like, man, it'd be nice if they did like some Avogachi uh, wearables for the Utes. That would be, and then we did some Utes wearables for the Avogachis, like, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the Forge, next iteration of the Forge or something. Like, that kind of stuff is theoretically possible if there's a, if people are interested in it. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, what a great opportunity there. And uh, that's another great point about the Forge. The Forge actually opens up those opportunities to do that um, because we don't have to worry about inflating the wearable supply. We would just uh, issue that schematic, and then whoever wanted to craft that item could go out and craft their limited edition, limited run kind of special item um, without affecting our supply, which is great. Yeah, as I understand, the less that took went out and, and crafted it, maybe it was a limited a time, uh, limited edition, you just end up with something really, even if it wasn't considered godlike, it would just be rare by default because like not enough people yeah. went out and made it. So yeah. that's something. Mm -hmm. It looks like totally a client in the weekly hangout text. Looks like uh, totally a client is following them pretty close and knows about it. If you've got a link to that, I I, I saw it uh, passing through. So, yeah, let let us know. What am I talking about with this this uh, wearables for polygon wearables for Utes? There, somebody should follow up on that. And and PixSquare, we could do it, but I mean, it could also be like something that maybe the DAO and the Forge. It might it might be a good fit for them. I don't know. Mm hmm. Uh, I want to kind of pivot a little bit and ask you guys some questions about the arena because we, we finished the second uh, play test of it last week and want to find out if there's any um, information you could provide, like any data that was gleaned or, um, you know, just yep. like feedback that you uh, have. Yeah, we were, we've been uh, crunching the numbers a little bit um, and uh, let, me, let me pull up here what, we're, what we saw. We, we are uh, working on a kind of a uh, balance for the next one because it did seem like, uh, let's see, we're looking at the, it did seem like the the, uh, the rush attack was a little bit too OP 
and the snipe was too underpowered. That was like one of the main things that we saw in the data. Uh, let, me, let me pull up the, some of the numbers here. Cause we have some, uh, there were some, a few bugs in some of the leaderboard stuff, uh, but in that we'll be fixing for the next one. But generally uh, the numbers were, were pretty interesting. So I'm trying to find here all my, all my channels that I got. But yeah, the, uh, the general takeaway, let's see, yeah, we had 519 players dealt more range damages than melee. 374 players dealt more melee damages. So it looked like there were players were more willing to play the game ranged over melee, but the ones who did play as melee uh, were generally like they were the, do, they were doing better. Um, yeah, so there's there, it was it was interesting to see some of the data coming through that it does seem like we'll need to pa uh, balance the melee versus ranged, especially the power, the like the charge attacks for the next one. So that'll there will be definitely. Uh, I actually saw a good convo between I think it was hardcore, and someone else. Uh, it was really interesting. So some some uh, cool ideas in there. I don't know if we'll take any of them or maybe some of them, but it was really good to see that uh, conversation happening and what you guys were talking about does match up with the data. So that was pretty, pretty cool to see. And as far as like the invisible gotchis and stuff, uh, we did do a lot of testing before uh, there, but there are a couple, I think there's just a couple edge cases that the team still needs to uh, work out that will prevent the invisible gotchis, but there's, there's no reason why it can't be completely stomped out. Yeah, that was interesting because I think one of the invisible gotchis uh, was number two in kills. But if you look at the leaderboard, when we were looking at it last night, they received they they were number two in kills, but only had played for like five minutes or something crazy like that. They had uh, hundreds of of kills, but in such a short period of time, where the number one player who had like seven hundred kills had been in the game for eighteen hours. So it was like, whoa, there's like you know maybe these numbers are off, but there's a huge discrepancy here. Yeah, we, and I told the team we're gonna try to get faster at iterating on things uh, as we as we continue doing these play tests. We'll 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 have uh, now that we have like live feedback for the data as it's coming in. When we get enough data, we can like confidently make a small balance patch, let everyone know, and and see how it goes. So where things will definitely start uh, increasing in pace as we as things get more like stable in the arena, and we have now we have this like nice leaderboard set up. That we didn't have in the first one so and the enemies uh i'm actually curious we we didn't really talk too much about the enemies but what, what was what was your guys thoughts on them were they were they fun to play with or do you want them to be able to attack back like what was the what were any of the feedbacks on on the enemies i was having a pretty glitch-free experience except for the enemies that's where uh you know i would fire away at the enemies and uh, oftentimes like my my uh, attacks wouldn't hit, so I don't know if there might be some kind of a glitch there, but I wasn't actually able to attack any of the enemies. Um, but yeah, okay. I like the idea of enemies. Uh, if they could attack back, that'd be kind of cool too. I would love if they could attack back, that would be awesome. Um, the enemies, yeah. when I was there, they were like a Trojan horse. Like they were always in the corner. I would go to kill it because I thought it was easy prey, and then I get jumped by like five gotchis. So I just avoided <laughs> them after that.
getting baited, baited by the turkeys. <laughs> I will say, like, uh, I tend to use the melee a lot more than the range just because of my setup and, like, the mouse. And, uh, like, from the first playtest, uh, I remember Butch kept killing me. Like, I had no chance against Butch. And I actually killed Butch one or two times, Butch Gachi, uh, with my melee this time. So I was like, all right, this is, this is good. This is, this is better. So I had it, it was a little easier, I think. Uh, but then again, I don't really use the range. So I can't really say how effective it would have been otherwise. Yeah, I'd like to see, I think that's one thing uh, I'm looking forward to improving is the, the, the ranged attacks. And especially the, the big ranged attack where you, you hold down and then you release. Uh, that would be cool if there's some sort of uh, maybe stickiness to it, or you mm. know, uh, it maybe there's a, there's an arc, you know, I don't know. You but mean like really, like actually it uh, it follows the target basically? To some degree, you know what I mean. Like it's not yeah. gonna like curve ninety degrees, but you know, to <laughs> some degree, maybe a little bit. Uh, I think that would be that would be that would balance it maybe a little bit better. I don't know. Cause I found with, with ranged attacks, it was actually quite difficult to, to get like decent ranged attacks in, especially if you had some really highly uh, evasive Avogadro. Right. I think part of it was just, they move a little bit. The, the projectile was a little bit too slow mm -hmm. that the, the ranged attack uh, mega, like the, we call it the charge attack. will definitely be getting like a, a buff in the next play test. You know, in a general sense, how are you guys thinking about adjustments to the meta? Like, obviously, you're going to make some pretty big adjustments here up, up front early on, you know, until you yeah. get that right balance. But, uh, you know, playing these sorts of games in the past, I've noticed that over time, the meta just does change, you know, uh, some games more quickly, others a little bit more slowly. Um, our Abagachi traits are randomly generated on chain, and they can't be changed very quickly, which makes me feel like maybe the you know, once we hit that balance, the overall kind of like battle uh, meta is not going to change very quickly. But how are you guys thinking about making changes? Are you thinking like we're going to wait and see till we get community feedback and then we'll make changes like after the fact, after we've hit that balance where everything seems to be working right? You know, how are you going to kind of monitor gameplay and uh, make changes after that? Or is it going to be on a case by case kind of thing? So there's a couple of steps here. Where we currently are, we're trying to balance just the traits first, just the traits and the BRS, and making sure that the that melee versus ranged is fairly balanced. Like there's there's always going to be imbalances between like a very powerful gachi and a weaker gachi, but we we have a lot of data that we're collecting now that we can look at and crunch the numbers and and basically tell like is are they fairly balanced uh, with we want to make sure that they're not we're not balancing in a way that the the experience like becomes the same so there's like that way of balancing where where you basically just bring them closer together like we want to have two extremes that are both very viable and and yet are both like pretty balanced with each other via like the rock kind of rock paper scissors mechanics so uh we're currently in that in that stage and i expect there to be pretty big uh balance patch like changes as we we might even introduce like a new mechanic, um, like the charge that we didn't really even mention in the original Gachi vs. Bible because it it becomes like necessary or there's a there's a, a good reason to include it to help uh, the balance. So, no, I would say like I wouldn't get too 
attached to any of the the like your specific metas at this point and doing that like getting attached or uh giving or like uh being like frustrated if your gachi's meta changes is it's not really going to be productive to this process so we definitely want feedback we want to and the feedback is like uh this didn't really seem balanced or this one was too op or i think uh, this could be a cool mechanic that you might add that would help balance it a little bit more that's all good feedback but if it's like oh i'm i'm angry that the devs changed my changed the meta now my my gachi is like i don't like how it works or i don't i don't like how it plays that's not going to be very helpful so then once we've gotten to the through this process which will probably take you know it could take um, a couple more play tests three to four before we have like a good handle on the the uh traits balancing we're also working and we have like an entire spreadsheet full of all the different wearables that uh have we've tried to give them all like a unique feel and some unique abilities so those are going to take a while to actually build out but a lot of the initial balancing has already been done on the excel like spreadsheet side and once that gets closer to the we have to do a couple more like final reviews of it but it might be something we could share with the community and let and let you guys tear it apart as per uh with the hive mind that we got going here so that would be that'd be pretty cool um i think that should be possible because you guys will probably spot things that we that we missed which is the advantage of having this kind of community process so yeah just to recap we're currently in like stage one where we're balancing melee versus ranged and then once we've gotten that then we can start adding in melee weapons versus ranged weapons and also there's wearables that aren't weapons which will also uh, have various effects within the game like uh don't want to give too much like alpha away but like yeah there'll be there'll be uh things you can drop on the ground there'll be things that you can help your allies out with so there will be some support roles as well so yeah that's that's wow. generally what the arena and the pvp is going to look like and the cool thing is you know all of this balancing that we're doing this is not just for the gachiverse we're going to probably take a lot of this and be able to roll it over pretty much into the gachi guardians experience as well like we don't want to reinvent the wheel twice we want to get uh, a decent balance for the gachis and then really move our uh, some focus over to the liquidators as well for gachi guardians so a lot of this work is going to be it's going to be reusable not only for us but i i can imagine some games some other people building games might want to also kind of adopt what we're doing here with the gachi verse and with gachi guardians it's a really good model for you know this kind of balance process Oh yeah, absolutely. And you hit on another key point there. I think having the DAO involved in this is one of the things that makes a that actually make this DAO built game uh, special in a way compared to traditional games or even other Web two games that are built more of in a Web two point five kind of way. Uh, in my opinion, I think uh, having a DAO built game is going to solve a problem with many MMORPGs. Is where they, they roll out uh, patches and they try to fix one thing, but the community was also looking at this other thing that had to be balanced that didn't get addressed. And now there's another problem with the meta. And now everybody else, another group of people is angry. And there was the, there's this back and forth that keeps happening where uh, 
they, they're not really taking in community feedback. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of frustration in that regard with changing metas and traditional games. Yeah, I mean, the hard thing is with, with this process that we have that bags are involved. So, for example, if once we drop this wearable spreadsheet and we say these are the initial plans we have for wearables uh, and people start looking at it, then it starts affecting bags. So uh, it's, it would be like a potentially like an, uh, an addition to one of the Gajiverse Bible chapters where we say, I think it's even mentioned in one of the chapters is like what we're going to release eventually an entire spreadsheet that covers all this stuff, but it's like, it's released, but it's not confirmed yet. It's, we need to actually vote it in uh, via the, the normal, like gotcha verse Bible process. But we don't want people to uh, like talk their bag and have it, it gets, it can get dramatic where like there's fighting about like what specific abilities wearables can have and, it can it could get like pretty messy, so we're we want to try to avoid that as much as possible. But it is kind of inevitable in this process. Yeah, you know, as soon as you release that new stat, the wear the wearable market will start pricing that in immediately. So yeah, and and uh, they, yeah. things could change. So people might get they might uh, things might change based on like the the previous state that, that the wearable is in might have affected their decision to buy that wearable and, you know, things, things like that can happen. So that's kind of an unfortunate, uh, yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate uh, side effect of the process where we all, we all have skin in the game, which is good, but when you're building the game and the community is building it together, people might get burned in some areas. So yeah, like Dr. Wagme says, there's, there always is a big disclaimer. The Gachiverse Bible itself is a big disclaimer. This is, it's like a release, but it's not confirmed yet. It's not confirmed until the DAO has signed it into existence. And even then it can always be updated by a DAO proposal as well. It's interesting that you're bringing this up because um, actually I'm a Cool Cats holder, we all know this. Uh, cool Cats just did like a brand relaunch and they've added something called a Cool Score, which will help you get better rewards in the future. And people on Twitter have kind of complained about it because they feel like uh, new people who are entering the ecosystem, uh, in order to get your cool score up, you have to accumulate all the different assets and do journeys and do whatever, like actually engage, but pick up a lot of NFTs. So some people have complained that like, this is gonna force some people, like, you know, just the natural subset of society are gonna degen in and get burnt because they're gonna try to chase that score and it's not gonna, the yield isn't gonna be there. So it is like a, a issue that is faced in more than just our project because, you know, DGENs are going to DGEN and you can put like uh, safety rails up for them, but sometimes that's not even enough, you know? Yeah, the score I've seen, I don't know if it was Cool Catch or someone else. I, I'm wondering if there's like a protocol that, that's out there for doing this because I've seen this as well on another project where they, you can kind of, it's like an off, I think it's an off chain metric, right? But you can increase it by like, building in the Gachiverse could increase your score or I don't know, like being active in the discord. There's all these different ways to increase your kind of your gamer score. And that, that makes you eligible for wearables and stuff or like giveaways, airdrops and stuff in the future. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, to answer free beer, they, they have, I'm going to put in air quotes, a game. It's not a game. Uh, they have their Cooltopia where you go in and like you do a quest, but the quest is basically a VRF role. 
and then they have quest boss quests which are just like vrf rock paper scissor so they haven't developed it whatsoever they're actually cutting off milk which is also pissing off some people because they're going to just drop um the utility that you know the token that's being given away the ubi if you're a cat which i you know it'll be interesting to see what happens with that but uh yeah the cool score seems interesting but you have to keep accumulating other assets you, you can do it via discord and like being an active member but you have to collect all the assets with the hope of getting a higher tier or rarity for minting on like future drops which like i'm kind of oh, okay. like i don't know if that's great you know i don't think that's great so you gotta buy you gotta collect cool nfts in order to collect like better in cool nfts or yeah, to get whitelisted for them yeah, and then there's also, like, buying stuff in the store with milk. Like, if you uh, complete the boss trophies, like, you do a boss quest, you get a trophy. You have to do, like, a few of these different boss quests to get to higher boss quests. But every time you do a boss quest, you have to pay milk. And uh, your cat has something like energy. Every day it can do two quests. So if you go and do a fight, like a boss fight, your cat can't do anything else. So you have to burn resources to actually get the, you know, some of the other stuff. So there's, like, a little pushback on that from uh, some of the community. I see uh, a question here, the brat. Why do we need, why do we need this before the game? I think it's she, he or she is referring to Gachi Guardians. So Gachi Guardians, the role of Gachi Guardians that we see is kind of like a, uh, it's a, it's meant to be a pretty light game. It's not going to be a, like, it is 3D. So there's that part of it that we, we want to have a reason uh, and a, a catalyst for our team to spend some budget getting all the Avagachis 3D, 3Dified, which is going to unlock a lot of metaverse opportunities. Like people are knocking on our door a lot and they're saying, hey, we'd love to have your Avagachis in our metaverse, but like you guys don't have the GLTF files, do you? And we say, no, we don't. Be cool if we did. So we've been wanting to do 3D for a while. It's, it's just, I feel like, uh, we want to be part of the greater like metaverse movement and having 3d is kind of a prerequisite for that. So that's one of the uh, kind of dependencies that, that, and one of the reasons we wanted to go with uh, the 3d uh, unity for gotcha guardians is, is just so we have at the end of this, we're not, we're not just going to have the GLTF. We're also going to have this game. Uh, so the process of, of the 3d fine, uh, we've talked to a couple parties. We don't think it's going to be extremely intense. Like it's going to be, it's going to be work for sure. Like there's a lot of wearables, and we want to make them look good. Uh, so there will be definitely some work on that part. As far as Gachi Guardians itself, it's a pretty straightforward game. Uh, the main complexity really is just the balancing of Avagachis and liquidators. And so if you think about it, the reason we we think this is a good idea is it's a pretty low lift game and we're going to start getting a lot of data about gotchis and liquidators we have a lot of gotchi data uh but we don't have a lot of liquidator data so we want to we want to kind of have a, a a playground where we can have these different liquidators fighting against uh the gotchis in a kind of a more controlled environment and we're going to get a cool cross-platform mobile game out of it so that's really what the intention is with gotchi guardians it's not going to take away from the Gachiverse team. It's honestly, it's, uh, 
there's probably going to be a lot of it that is initially uh, for the prototype initially like outsourced. We, it won't be our team working on it. We're, we're going to do a lot of the design, but the prototype, the initial playable demo will probably be another studio that we work with to get that done. And then the final touches will be done by our team. So it's not, it's not really going to take a ton of Gachiverse team bandwidth. Um, and yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome for our team to, learn and get some experience with unity 3d because most of them are uh, javascript pros they're not really unity pros but they're going to be learning they want they're so eager to excited to learn unity which i think i think it's going to be really cool for the team uh, it's always good to have opportunities where your, your team can learn and grow right so lots of lots of pluses obviously there the, the negatives are are we worried that it's gonna uh, get in so, some sort of like development hell yeah, there's always that chance. We're going to try to avoid that as much as possible by keeping the scope very limited and getting that initial playable demo. So, uh, yeah, we're also going to, we want to make sure we have uh, a simple, easy to understand game that launches with Gachi Chain. That's going to be, uh, Gachi Chain is a big opportunity for onboarding uh, new people that have, they don't even necessarily need to be on Polygon or Ethereum. We can just use Wirt. We can use a credit card, and they could already be playing uh, this game on our chain. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's going to be a really. I think it's going to be really cool. It's going to be one of the highlights of the year for sure. The three D gachis. That's something I'm really excited about, especially when you said that you know the wearables and all these other things will transfer over, and you have those files to take to other metaverses. I feel like that's just adding value to our assets already. You know, like we already have these assets, but we're, you know, this looks like this gachi gardens game is going to add some more utility uh, to to what these assets can do, where they can go. Uh, possibly, like you're saying, Golden Cross, maybe other metaverses in this mm -hmm. new form. Uh, you know, we saw Genzakishi, they're already kind of experience, uh, experimenting with uh, 3D Abagachis. We got uh, the Sandbox, Sandbox game, yeah. Gachi Farming, exactly. so that could be another iteration for them there. Like, there's, I see this being very useful for other games as well. There's like, there's a ton of, there. there's Sandbox where we're going to have an experience in Sandbox, and it probably, these 3D models likely won't be ready by the time that goes live. Although, depending on when when Sandbox does go go live, it, it could be. Uh, so we would love to have 3D gachis playable in in the Sandbox. Um, they obviously they're a little bit more like voxel style, so there's probably a conversion or something they could do. But where we are right now, we don't even really have a 3D model. So uh, Sandbox is one. Uh, Monaverse, Kintsukishi. Um, there's a, there's another one. It's, uh, I always forget the name of it. It's the the more VR friendly ones. There's a ton of like VR games that are coming out, VR metaverses. The Somnium Space. Yeah, Somnium Space. Yeah. Yeah, the the Yuga Labs thing. <laughs> so it's like not doing 3D is. Uh, we feel like we're gonna be. We would. We don't want to miss the boat uh, on that. We kind of, because we're on Polygon for the first, the last like two years, we haven't been a huge part of the conversation of, of you know, Ethereum and NFTs. We want to make sure we're part of the conversation of the metaverse going forward. The only way to do that is to have the assets that they need. 
Yeah, see, I think in this sense, Avogadji's Avogadji's truly, uh, you know, embracing the whole idea of this uh, metaverse by taking our assets not only in our own metaverse, but making it usable across different metaverses. I think that's kind of what the whole aim of the metaverse is, is like this interoperability between uh, assets in one place and another, even though the Gachiverse is, of course, our home, and that's where a lot of activity will happen. It seems like we're gonna we're gonna transcend. We're gonna go across other metaverses, and that'll be really cool to see. Uh, there was some there were some questions about the Alchemica usage in Gachi Guardians. Uh, without giving away too much about it, because there will be more uh, in depth kind of blog post slash uh, white paper light paper on it. Uh, there are definitely, we, we do want to offer a, a completely free-to-play model. Uh, by free-to-play, I mean not even having to own an Avogachi. And there, there'll be more about that in the blog post. Uh, but so if you, there will be like this free-to-play model, uh, but we do want to offer more pay-to-play model. And that would, it's not going to be, it's going to be kind of a, if you imagine a kind of controlled pay-to-win where, the pay to win, it's not necessarily you pay and you automatically have an advantage because your opponent will also have the, uh, the same budget as you. So it's like, it's, it's still very strategic and it more becomes both, both uh, players or both sides will have a certain budget that they can spend if they want. They don't have to. If they, if they want, they can spend it. And then at the end of the round, whoever... Uh, wins will will be like splitting those uh, the alchemica or the glitter or the ghost whatever that's been spent in the game. So there's definitely going to be ways to use the alchemica, ways to use the glitter, but it we we do want to work very hard to make sure it's not just like pure uh, pay to win because that's not that's not fun. Um, this is actually a question I, that we should ask. Um, we, we know the game will be mobile. Would it, will it also be browser-based? Like, will we be able to play it on a desktop or a laptop? Yeah. So with Unity, they, they out of the box, it comes with basically uh, all of the different devices. We we will have like getting it into the app. You know, the Apple Store is a challenge. Uh, we we do have some team members who have gone through that process before for crypto games. So. Uh, they'll be steering us there. Um, but yeah, the idea, the intention is definitely to have it uh, as many platforms as possible. Yeah, that was, that's awesome. Yeah, because my follow-up question was going to be, how will you uh, handle the app store? Because I know they take like, you know, they're going to take a huge chunk out of whatever, um, mm -hmm. you know, earnings in-game. I, I don't know if they've changed their rules recently, especially after Elon started fighting with them. But uh, No, they, they haven't. Oh, they haven't. Well, yes, yeah, I know if you have Twitter Blue on your iPhone, you pay eleven dollars. Where if you do it on, you know, sign up for the account anywhere else, uh, you're only paying eight. So you have to pay that extra three to Apple. Yeah, that's like that's just you know they control the uh, the platform. Not not much you can really do about that. We need to make a Gachi app store and then just take over. Yes. <laughs> It'll happen. How's, how's Solana phone going? I haven't heard much about that recently. Weren't they making a phone? 
Oh, I didn't hear anything about this. That's that's interesting. <laughs> I feel like the coverage would be spotty. Like the coverage has to be spotty if the network is like, you know, turning on and off randomly. Like we can't, like, I can't imagine a cellular network that's going to be like that. Unless it's like, I guess, Boost Mobile or something. See Z-Bot had dropped some alpha in the chat there. Uh, I'm thinking this might have something to do with his uh, fake gachis that he just released. And so uh, if your address owns token ID, you will get yep. uh, VRM1. And if you don't, you get VRM0. <laughs> so VRM models are kind of like these, uh, they're 3D models that you can use. And I think Monoverse mm. uses them. So that's really interesting. Oh, it's uh, January 15th, yeah. A little bit of alpha there for sure. So check out his Gachi toy uh, that just recently dropped in the fake Gachi's uh, uh, marketplace there. Wonder how many people have got their hands on the on the toy. I want to say shout out to Boba. Boba's in the uh, in the chat above. Uh, their flagger episode series. We got to watch the third episode oh, yeah. last night on Block Party, and it's good. Like it's it was good. It's a, it is like strange. I love it. Like, but it is it is good. It's a the most one of the most unique uh, fake Gachi pieces out there. The series that's being put together. We're seeing the early days of Gachi cinema because we're seeing uh, you know this story being told through the Flagor uh, series, and then uh, we see uh, Lone Raffle and Sus. We got Zombie Shepherd up here, but you're doing a whole series uh, on these two characters and. Uh, that's been going pretty well. I think you got your first episode out uh, in the form of a fake gachi. And I think you have a lot more planned, right? There's a lot more coming down the pipeline with that. Gotcha. Also, since we're here talking to Zombie Shepherd about this, I remember you saying yesterday about casting. Like, would you want to talk about that here? Maybe put out a pitch to potential uh, actors or actresses? Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm <laughs> Yeah. Is this just voice acting? Who was it? Um, we did when we did the, um, like the Great Liquidator and all that. We had some pretty awesome voice actresses. Oh yes, yeah. That was uh, I believe Roxiana was one of the characters, and then we also had Laura, who's our uh, Australian Gachi Gang connect. She uh, she played one of the characters, and uh, then someone did bring a ringer. So yeah, the, he did. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she exactly. was really good. I forgot her name. 
there was one who was actually she was like a pro like voice actor actress I forget i forget her name though yeah that was a that was a friendless summers uh, uh one of their uh i don't know what relation but you know uh one of mm. their friends i guess that was doing it Yeah, I think that's going to become a thing. We'll see some more of this. Like, uh, it's really interesting to see these uh, like little mini episodes and storylines being developed. And speaking of which, we got—I don't know if we have Bowtie Nerd in the house, but he's kicked off a thread that you guys should all go check out in the Avagachi Dao forums uh, for uh, for uh, like not screenplay. The word's not coming to me right now. Uh, like role play, text-based role play. So he's he's kicking off the text-based uh, role play in that in that forum thread there, and it could develop into something. I think it could be uh, really cool uh, quests to do, uh, kind of like the agent missions to to develop the Gachi lore. You know, the book of Gachi lore needs to be developed. So uh, anybody who is in the audience who is interested in uh, you know, maybe you're interested in storytelling or you're, you know, maybe you're a dungeon master or something. Definitely join us. And, uh, you know, we're crafting the lore of the Gachiverse. Uh, aside from the core lore that's been laid out, there, I think there's many, there's many, many um, gaps to fill here. So uh, that's going to be exciting to see that develop, in my opinion. Also, we should probably talk to Bowtie Nerd because we were discussing, I think we can discuss this here because it's not really alpha of any sort, but at Eat Denver, you know, we're trying to plan out the events for the uh, the coffee shop event. Um, I forget the name of it, but we want to include maybe some trivia, like uh, stuff similar to what we did in New York. Um, so we want to put together some trivia questions. So maybe uh, Bowtie Nerd is the best friend for that, uh, but make it challenging um, and give away some uh, gotcha goodies while we're there. Yeah, trivia could be really fun. I saw that you guys did that in NFT NYC. It looked like a good time. And uh, did you do that in Art Basel as well? I can't remember. Uh, not while I was there. I don't know if they, okay. on the second date that they had the event. Gotcha. Okay. I think they're going to be at, they're going to be at Eat Denver too, I think. Yeah, tri yeah trivia. probably get more trivia to spin something up if we talk to him. That was that was a good time in New York, though. I I think um, no future. Do you remember what we used? It was a subscription service, and they they allow oh, you. It was an app of some sort. I don't remember. Yeah, you'd like everybody would scan it with their phone, and then use it in the classroom. It's very popular in classrooms, I guess now, but also for parties and stuff. And then like the faster you answer, the, you have to get the question right, and you have to be the fastest. And if you do that. You climb the leaderboard, and at the end, you win. Win cool stuff. Sir Linkiest, I remember he he won the uh, the top spot that night. Yeah, he yeah. Had, uh, some quick fingers. Quick fingers. Kahoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. CRTZ's got it. It's Kahoo. You you guys could set that up. That that is a good time. I I would just recommend. I think based on feedback, knowing as a gachi crowd, like. It was way too easy at New York. It was all about speed. It wasn't about being right or wrong because everybody nailed it. So we got to think of some like really challenging questions, stuff that's going to make you scratch your head a little bit. 
Yeah, some entry level gachi stuff, and then like some you, you know, you're in the hangouts gachi stuff. Sig prop numbers. Oh, <laughs> certainly. <Sir Lincoln. laughs> What's yeah. the brand of Coder Dan's saddle chair? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> Just let Sir Linkius, let's give him a bounty to write the quiz questions since he won the last round. How about that? Give him homework. <laughs> no, but there, there's going to be a lot of cool uh, merch. I don't know if um, Lost Local or anybody has talked about that for East Denver and beyond. It'll be available online too. We're, we're going to have some pretty cool reveals here very soon for a kind of uh, second half of winter collection. So if if you live in the north, it'll still be very, very useful and um, cozy, nice, warm stuff. And if you're in, at East Denver, it'll definitely be some really good merch and good, good swag to rock out. Yeah. Uh, people in Maine, or I think it's New Hampshire, Mount Washington, they have like a negative 100 uh, degree chill, uh, wind chill. They could probably use some of this gear. Yeah. I saw that today. I guess that it's like a mountaintop that's famous for extreme weather, but the video going viral, it's like, it looks, I don't know, like it's another planet. I was going to say, otherworldly looks like. Yeah. It's crazy. They're saying that because the uh, pressure dropped so much that it's like technically the part of the mountain that's being exposed to all these winds is like in the stratosphere. Mm. Troposphere. I was reading it and I was just like, wow, that sounds, it just like, it looks intense. Like, holy crap. I have to say, I can see Mount Baker from where I live and it looks like on a clear day, which is very uh, rare. Uh, when you see that, it looks just so epic. It's just such a, it dwarfs everything around it. Hey, what do you guys think of this? Um, I'm pretty sure these are going to be one of the many things that are going to be revealed here soon in terms of physical merch. Um, I tried to get this super confirmed, but I'm at 99% with this. It's already been approved. I just don't know if it's it's already being produced. Uh, have a look, guys, and weekly hangout. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that yeah I that's that. my Boy Scout days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm a fan <laughs> of patches. Stickers are cool, but man, a good patch is a different level. That looks so. like a quality patch right there. Ever since 2020, I love it. It's got yeah, the because patch. it's. Uh... Yeah, I, I think they will be. They, they're supposed to. Yeah, that's fire. No, because, like, it, it makes the barrier of entry so low for making like your own wearable. Like if I have a nice sweater and I put this on, it's like, or like a, a cool jacket, it's now a, a, like, you know, a shoulder patch. Like I'm a, you know, a general in the Gachi army or something like that. That's dope. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think totally. No, uh, I see Tubert asking about the Velcro backing. I don't know. Talk to, um, talk to Lost Local. He's our, our physicals merch lead. So physical goods lead, but um, he's heading all that up. and. And it's a priority to get it available at shop.avagachi.com, but also um, get it available in time for East Denver. So, you know, regardless, whatever, we know a lot of people from the Dow are getting out there in various ways, and, and Pixelcraft, we're also sending Jason. So yeah, we got to be, if we're going to be there, we got to be seen. And so it's going to be things like this patch, but also clothes um, and, and various, various options. Um, to just represent Avogachi and, and be seen. 
Now I gotta go to my local a... thrift store and get huh. uh, get myself a jean jacket so I can put some patches on it, <laughs> and then you know. <laughs> well, luckily, uh, Lost Locals already ordered um, mic flags for us. So our interviewer mics, when we hit the streets and are doing like you know collecting content, so dope. yeah, it's gonna have the Avogachi, uh logo and then the Dow logo on it. So it'll be really cool. Actually, let me see if I can. I'll drop some of the images real quick. Yeah, I was I was just looking at it. If you got it, you should drop it. It's, it's more appropriate. It, it looks great. Like local showed me what you guys got ordered up, and I think uh, it just makes people more likely to talk to you. It's like a normal mic, and then like you get one that has the branding on it. And it's like, who are these guys? I want to talk to them. I'll tell them about <laughs> NFTs or Abagachi. Yeah, the professionalism 10x is there when you put the bike flag on. For sure. It's all, all about the details. Yeah. It, it also it, makes the mic work better because it's covering up part of the, you know, like it's just more directional. So it's, it'll help in that sense. Oh, nice. You dropped it there. Yeah. I love that you, you got the Dow Shield and the Avogadro branding. It's, it's perfect. It'd be very nice. Yeah. We lucked out because uh, we were looking at mic flags and every other style of mic flag. Uh, wouldn't be delivered until like sometime like late March. But this mic flag, which is actually perfect for the mics that we have, uh, is the one that would get here in time. So it's like, all right, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, that's 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 gonna be really good. Yeah, we'll be wearing our gotcha gear. I know, uh, Hefe, I'm gonna try to bring because uh, I owe you a hat and uh, some shirts. So. I'm going to bring, I, I have that box full of uh, the stuff that I actually shipped to you that got shipped back, but it's in my sister's house. So uh, that's in New York. That's going to have to just, uh, you know, I won't be in New York until God knows when, but uh, I'll bring you definitely a shirt and um, a hat, some stickers and stuff. Oh, man, I would really, really appreciate that. And I'm glad that box did not make its way out into the ether because uh, that was that box was supposed to end up here at my place and it got shipped back for some reason. And so. Uh, you know, we'll 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 get that box one day. But uh, I appreciate you uh, hooking me up, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Also, shout out to Goobs. I got um the Lictor Alive wood press, like the wooden actual physical piece in the mail yesterday. It's up in my studio now, actually behind me. Let me show. It's gonna be hard to see, but I'll pull it off the wall. Uh, it just looks dope. It's a quality piece edition. of woodwork. Yeah, first edition of five, and I got him to sign it on the back, and then, uh, you know, Music City got you, Yang, Goobs, and the first edition. So, very happy for this. Thank you, Goobs. That's the, that's the first piece of Gachi woodwork ever, I think, that you own there. Yeah, and it Do has, like, any... you know, I could smell the laminate, so, or whatever he used to, like, gloss yeah. it. So, it's just, like, I don't know if it's, like, you know, making me dizzy or not because it's like laminate smell in my little room. But it's uh, like it's like I, I could you know I it just uh, makes it more real. Like this thing, this goobs actually worked with his hands to make this. Like that's so dope. Yeah, it, like takes me back to shop class. Like we used to make stuff like that, like wood burning and you know like cutting out different stencils and stuff. It was always a good time, but. Like to see that happening with some. Uh, do we have some gachi woodworkers in the house? Do we have some uh, furniture builders or something? <laughs> you can make like a really cool gachi table or something. I would buy that. My uh, my dad actually does like 
incredible there's this art form called intarsia um let me find a picture because it's so insane how do you he, spell that to google it intarsia i in yeah i I'll, I'll drop the the word here and then i'll drop a picture of it he uh he's getting up in age so he doesn't really sell a lot of stuff anymore but check out this picture this this is uh monticello from uh from uh the u.s this is all done with real wood there's no paint there's like no staining and it's like 3d there's like different uh depths and stuff of the wood it's it's crazy each it yeah he literally like hand crafts each piece and then he he like glues it i think he glues it in there um and yeah there's like there's like all these different types of woods uh there's all these different like thicknesses of the wood it, he I, I remember he was like he would spend he was spending multiple years like trying to find the perfect blue wood and he, for one like one piece he was doing back in the day I think he, he originally found he did eventually find it, but yeah, it's the thing is it it's not like this is big. This is a big piece. This is like, um, I don't know what the size. It's like forty inches probably. It's pretty big. Oh wow! You know that kind of, kind of reminds so me. I'll, I'll get him uh, I'll, when I go back to the U.S. I'll be like, you know, I'll get him to make a gachi. We gotta maybe just do the the logo gachi. Would be pretty cool. Oh, see, yeah, I was going to be awesome. way more demanding, and I was going to be like, we need a Intarja Citadel, like the whole Citadel. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Citadel. <laughs> but that would probably take like five years to make. I don't know. Masterpiece right there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> he also does like tables and stuff. He's done like these pretty epic. Like he he made a like a uh, coffee table for my brother. He does. He's a, it's it's nuts. Like, but he's not. There's no one like um, taking over. So it's gonna. He, he for a while he like he was one of the number one like Antarctic guys in the world. Pretty crazy. But we I made a website for him when I was like twelve years old <laughs> in HTML. But uh, well, next time I go back, I'll definitely get him to make a gachi for us. Oh, like, Dad, you got you got uh gotta restart the business. We got we got some degens on on the internet that, that need these pieces. <laughs> you know, uh I was sitting at breakfast yesterday with like my girlfriend and uh she pulled out i was like working on something and she pulled out a uh a word search and i was like man we should be doing something like that we could very easily make a, a gachi word search book uh you know throw some cute because the ip is like perfect to like put images in and make a fun you know book that's like just word searches because there's so many people who are into those kind of simple puzzles but if you gotchify them i think it'd be easy to get people to like look at it at it and engage yeah it's a pretty cool idea yeah i wonder what's the like how heavy of a lift is it to actually like develop a word search like book because it has to be more than one obviously there's like there's a lot of websites that like, they'll make a word search you just type in the words you want and it kind of like generates it for you i think ah. probably not not that hard stuff so. Hmm. I wonder if that just would make the, the printing of it, the printing of it would be the toughest part, but even that it's like, you can self print pretty easy. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking, I remember somebody, I forgot which friend did it, but they did a fake gachi. That was a crossword puzzle. Yeah. And then, yeah. 
So that could be a thing, actually. That'd be I mean, like printed stuff would be super cool. If someone, there's there's funds for it, right? If you got a vision, if you got want to do something, DAO's uh, we're there's a lot we're figuring out how to how to pay people with the DAO soon in a more efficient way. So I think that would be like a very fundable idea, right? It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, using this IP IRL is going to be a big deal. I think. Uh, one of the ways that that we could do that is like you say through these uh, word searches or uh, you know physical meeting this would be great to give out at like irl events you know a word search because then now you're going to go through it and you're going to learn all these different terms uh could be interesting you know sudoku you do gachi sudoku <laughs> yeah We were uh, looking at. Some oh, I was going to ask you guys. Oh, yeah. um, just uh, there's a question above. Like, have you guys practiced your Avagachi elevator pitch for all the Eve Denver crew going? Like, you get if you're in an elevator or you just like you you know you meet someone. What do you guys usually like to? What have you found like gets the most gets people the most interested, or what have you found as like a good elevator pitch? Well, uh, from my part, um, we've been thinking and discussing like the idea of uh, actually coming up with more than one elevator pitch, uh, like one that is dev specific. So that's like maybe going into the gachi chain, uh, talking about like I'm also thinking for media, so that I'll, my answer is going to bleed into that. Like man on the street interviews when we're stopping and talking to people, instead of just going directly and asking them about avagachi, you know, in a dev centric environment, it might be a good question to ask some devs like, what do you know about the diamond? contract, you know, the diamond standard for Ethereum EVM, and then kind of pull them into like the fact that Mudge is part of Abagachi and that that came from here, you know, versus finding the PFP DGEN, the pitch is going to be different than you would for the dev. So developing pitches for uh, each, like, I guess, uh, onboarding case is part of the plan. Do you, do we have like the, these pitches that you guys are preparing for different kind of people that you meet be cool to like have a, you know, the sales pitch, right. Then everyone on the, on going to East Denver kind of knows what they, what, what. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. And part of the idea also is like, ideally uh, we want to get the information for the pitch together, get all of that together. And then when we're all together in East Denver, like in the days leading up to everything, basically do an orientation, like, you know, Gachi Yang, who's here, the crew, this is what we're aiming to do. These are the, this is the pitch that, these are the pitches we're going for. And then just kind of establishing and organizing ourselves so that we're able to hit things in the most efficient way possible. I think one of the big pitches for Eat Denver is going to be Gachi Chain. I think that's going to be, you know, like, I think Golden Cross, you said it earlier. It's it's not that you couldn't build on the protocol earlier. 
It's just that now we're going to be in our own kind of console or sandbox where we can actually build specific products on top of the chain. And we want to attract those other large builders or large uh, studios that maybe are really excited about Supernets and uh, only to find that uh, one of the OG uh, games on Polygon, the first gaming protocols on Polygon is now going to its own chain. And so that's a huge opportunity, in my opinion, for anybody who is looking to build in Web3 and get that instant kind of engagement with uh, their game is, uh, you know, to build on top of Gachi Chain. We have all the assets. We have a player base that's ready to play your game. You know, I think that's a huge value proposition for somebody who's like an indie game studio because they may not want to or they may not have the resources to kind of grow a whole community base, you know, maybe uh, research all these different kinds of assets, hire someone to design the assets. Um, you know, I think it's a lot lighter of a lift to go on a gaming protocol like Abagachi. And build out whatever whatever experience you're going to build out, and use the Avagachi assets. It's a huge uh, uh, value add, in my opinion. I also think it's easy to use to stand on the shoulders of giants, such as the Gachi mm -hmm. Farmy, such as the Gachi Vault, Adventure.io, all the great builders that we have in our ecosystem already, and to be able to go to people and say, "Hey, we have an active DAO. If you have a good idea, look at this. People get funded. We have a process." You can go through, like Jesse said above, if the D work is up and we have bounties specific to dev work, that's even better because it makes it easier to sell to them this idea of this open protocol where you can build. And you know, you, what you build will be appreciated. It will provide utility to the community and will provide a way for you to grow yourself and also our ecosystem, which I think is benefits everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the other point to make there is the ghost token. Like we have some big changes coming up for our ghost token with moving away from the bonding curve. And so I think that presents its own uh, opportunities because historically we know, you know, the bonding curve has suppressed volatility, which has been good for growing our ecosystem and establishing, uh, you know, establishing like prices of wearables and whatnot. Uh, and now we can uh, move away from that because we do actually have a robust kind of ecosystem to to help uh, bolster our token. And so that could be another, um, you know, another pitch there as well for maybe a non-dev or like the general just interested in Avagachi. I want to invest in Avagachi. How do I get started with that? Well, you could buy Ghost Token. Um, you know, maybe you might not want to get exposure to wearables and everything right away, but Ghost Token might be the easy way to, to get in and get some exposure to Avagachi. So, yeah. Um, quickly, Yannick, because I'm a little confused. Maybe I got lost in the sauce here. Um, you said you applied and it didn't work. Do you know how much time it takes? Are you talking about uh, for ETH Denver, like to speak? Because I know Ernani applied to speak and he still hasn't heard back if he's going to be speaking there or not, or are you speaking about um, a bounty specifically? Am I missing something? Oh, speaking about the funding process within the DAO, like applying for something with the funding, uh, huh. With the funding process within the DAO, I can't really speak to that because I'm not part of any of those entities that do the funding. 
I've asked for funding. I'm still waiting to be paid for some of that funding, but I, uh, I, I don't, I have no, I don't really know much about that. I guess Hefe can answer that question. I'm sorry. I missed that first part of the question with Yannick. Is he asking, I'm trying to read the question here. Uh, applied. I, I missed the question. What, what were you asking? Well, there, asking he, I guess he applied for funding and it didn't work. And he's asking for the timetable. Uh, he applied with fireball.gg for funding. And he's just asking how long it takes, uh, for funding uh, and said that it didn't work. So, yeah, I know, no, I mean, Yannick point, and I talked about uh, Fireball GG. I think there were some changes he was going to make before we he applied again for funding from his initial proposal. So, it is an iterative process. I don't think we've ever like rejected funding, uh, but there's always like, hey, well, you know, you could get funded, but you might want to change these few things. Um, I don't, off the top of my head, remember um, exactly what it was, but. I'd have to go back and check, but I can definitely catch up with Yannick on that and we can, uh, you know, get that sorted out. Yeah, I think also the other thing that we have to remember is right now um, in the role of like kind of like bounties, like the DTF doesn't have a budget, right? The the budget, the, uh, the war chest is empty. We're waiting to actually refill mm -hmm. it. So if you're coming for, I guess, for smaller funding that would have went through Hefe before, that's kind of tapped out at the moment until we get more funding. For larger funding, like I like I assume something with Fireball GG because they're doing such big things, uh, that might be wiser to go straight through like a SIG prop. I don't know, I don't know of the process how that would work though. Um, mm -hmm. Like the most uh, efficient way to have that work. Yeah, uh, there's. I mean, I don't know what's the threshold Hefe, for like funding in terms of approach. I mean, there really. Versus... I mean, you say small versus big, but I don't think there really was a uh, a threshold. It was a more based on what we had in the tank what was left in the budget uh, you know like you say there isn't anything left now but as you guys all know we're discussing a way for the dow to fund projects in a better way in a more accountable way um, and possibly have some leadership uh, positions appointed and so i think that's the way we might be going with like this new uh whatever you want to call it uh, executive committee or leadership team or um you know, whatever, DTF 2.0, but that's the, that's the route that we're going now. And so uh, there's never a stop to, to getting your funding. You could still go through the Dow, like uh, Infinity Keys recently uh, approached me and they had a really interesting idea. And so I suggested that, you know, if they would like to get funding from the Dow, maybe we discuss it at one of the Dow meetings and they were able to, they, feel, they fielded some questions and then they put their proposal through. Uh, you know, after making some adjustments to their to their ask, and uh, and you know that that's a that's a sig prop now. I think it's up. So there's a, there's always a way to get funded with your projects, whether you're going through some sort of a committee or you could go right through the DAO. That's always the option as well. Yeah, just right now, the uh, the till is empty until we I, do. We know what the timeline is before that till is refilled. I know hardcore needs cigarettes, so we gotta. We gotta figure this out. Yeah, well, the core prop is up right now, so once that passes, you know, we can, you know, just figure all that out. Oh, that's perfect. So we there's like we're not talking months, we're talking weeks. So that's that's no, good. no. What? Well, yeah, no, that would be ridiculous to wait that long. But you know, uh, the core prop is up. Once that passes, you know, we can sort that out. Yeah, Yannick, I would fully encourage you, like, if you, uh, I mean, maybe contact Hefe to plan this out and hardcore. Absolutely. Uh, 
But on a Sunday, I think if you have a plan, uh, especially one that you've presented already for funding, if you feel you know open to it and time is permitting, come up on stage on a Sunday and show it to us. Because I, I think maybe that could be a thing that moves straight. You know, you mm -hmm. do the presentation and we yeah. move it to a stick prop, something similar like what you said before with chair and infinity keys. I think we're we're definitely all open to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're always open to talk about these sorts of things on Sunday. So Yannick, you're, you're definitely welcome to, to discuss your idea there. Also, Man, that, uh, that mega NFT display is huge. Just had to comment <laughs> on that. So big. <laughs> how, how long are they, uh, available to, uh, craft? Uh, one more week. So the crafting period will end on the 11th, like right before the hangout. Yeah. Shout There's out to a... the tech lord. It's your moment. I'm going to pull out some stats on how many have been minted. The Gachi board competition has been, has been nuts. Uh, there's two more about how many hours left? Like 36 hours in this round. It's oh, been pretty man. intense. Yeah, so kind of last chance to shake up the, the leaderboard here. I may have to hop in and, and mint some 16 by 16s. I had a crazy idea today. It was like, uh, are, there's like, there's some exchanges out there that have like, they, they do uh, the airdrops for in their token for trading, right? It's like, what if we did that for the bazaar and similar to a gachi board competition, but it's like a trading contest. yeah like i wonder i wonder could we earn more could we earn the ghost back that is used for the trading contest uh like if we if there was like a twenty thousand ghost prize would the dow be able to earn that twenty thousand ghost back from the fees of the bazaar it's like hmm, could be interesting thought experiment No futuristic. You were saying something like four hundred thousand ghosts worth of Alchemica has been burned in this competition. Was that you saying that? Yeah, uh, that was me. I'm like paraphrasing something I saw okay. in passing from Dr. Wagney. He, I believe, it was last night um, in the general chat. He had mentioned that, like, through I think round three, we're already at four hundred uh, k of USD equivalent of Alchemica burnt. And uh, like, I was also I, talking about something that Coda Dan said that, like people kind of like the keck lords going crazy with these nft displays they're minting things that are not causing further inflation which i think is part of the goal right because it's just pure yeah. sync at that point uh so that's that's a win so i think when we do further iterations of this competition i was skeptical of this competition it has clearly worked so like bravo congratulations i think in the the next iterations you should definitely uh lean into doing more decos and uh Stuff like this, where it's not going to mm -hmm. inflate, but people will still buy it because it's still part of the, the competition, yeah. the meta. And like maybe there's. Yeah, some there ways. could be a multiplier for like NFT displays or decorations or tiles, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that would be amazing because people would like when the NFT displays came online, I didn't make a big splash until last week because I was like kind of waiting. And then I saw this week, I was like, God, everybody's already piled in. <laughs> but like that, I immediately was like, I need NFT displays. This is this is the route. So have you have you minted any of the Legolden ones yet? 
I haven't yet. I'm, I'm that's why I was asking when they're going to be done. I'm still You're like mulling it over. Still, I'm I'm yeah. curious why the like it, the 157, the eight by twelve, twelve by eight. Those are pretty low, obviously, because they're they're not limited edition. Their resale value of that is it's a little bit lower. And then you get to ID uh, 160, which is NFT display 16 by 16. That's also like these are not limited edition items. They're gonna be, they're gonna be like craftable forever. So I'm I'm curious if anyone is is doing the competition, why they chose the the normal one over the more like the more expensive the golden NFT display. I'd love to have them like perspective on how that decision was made. Because if if the goal is to spend as much Alchemica, it, it would it make sense to go for the one that's gonna be uh, like deprecated soon well i would think that it could be smaller friends who are literally just taking their alchemica that they're getting from channeling and reinvesting it into buying nft displays so they might not be able to do a big one all at once they might just be buying like one a day or something like that I thought yeah you, I thought, yeah Phase says no space. That's an interesting reason. Like, dude, I'm out of room. <laughs> These things are huge. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you want to cover a lot of ground, it makes sense. So, like, if you're actually wanting to use the NFT display uh, on your parcel, then it totally makes sense. And that's, that's, I think we do see a lot of those. For the resale value, if you're trying to maximize your, like, your potential gains, it would, might make sense to go for more of the Goldens because you, those will be listable in the bazaar later. Yeah, that was my yeah. thought too. Because I, I looked at the cheaper ones and I was like, they're you know they're going to be open forever versus like the Legoldens, which will be limited. Although this one is already like we've already minted out more than uh, the other Legoldens, right? Combined. Uh, we have there's 19 so far. I'd have to check. I got to find the ID of the old one, but I think I think there was like 24 or something. I don't think we're quite there yet. And this one is more expensive than those as well. But I think, I mean, there's like seven days left. So I think we could see more the golden 16s uh, printed than, than the 8x8s. So I guess, uh, you know, we, we've had three weeks almost. We're 36 hours shy of three weeks of the, the competition. I think we can all agree it seems like it is a uh, success. Um, do you guys think is it, it's a success? And then... What do you think uh, going forward should be the plan? Do you see these competitions happening uh, on a regular basis or maybe a little more spread out? Like, what's what, what do you think is the, uh, the vision here? I guess this should be a question for Mark, but like you as, you know, implementing this pixel craft, how do you feel and where do you see this going um, forward? Yeah, so this is the first time I've been, obviously the ROI for the DAO has, has been, in Alchemica terms, has been, pretty amazing right so if, if we calculate 400k worth of alchemica times i think the dow gets 30 percent that's that's 120k in alchemica that it's received for 80k worth of ghosts not even including like all the burning and stuff so it's been i think and we have one whole round left so it's been a i think it's been a success in that term uh, I guess the question is, would it would we have the same effect if we did this again? Would we also get this level of ROI? And I mean, possibly. I think uh, 
is, is this something we should be doing? Uh, there's like the option of having just these multipliers every week. It could be something that is done every week. Um, I think there will be a point where the ROI would, would kind of go down and it would be, you'd be breaking even. So um, probably, probably not something you'd want to do all the time. Um, but yeah, it could, it, when we have new stuff coming out, it definitely could be pretty interesting. But I think, I think going like, forward, like this is, it, it's an interesting model to think about how we can apply it to other areas of the economy. Like rarity farming is our mm -hmm. biggest payout with 1.5 million ghosts. Uh, and yet I don't think the, the Dow in terms of ROI doesn't like get as, as big of a, an R, like a, a boost from that. So it'd be interesting yeah. to think, how can we apply this model to other areas? Well, even speaking to rarity farming there, it, we were talking about opting into rarity farming for those who are already engaged with our ecosystem, they should be the ones getting the rewards and then saving the rest from the unopted amount and putting it back into the treasury. And maybe some of that could be used for these sorts of things and have the rarity farming rewards dispersed across multiple different ways that you could earn. I saw a, a nice tweet from uh, from Kagi Jan earlier today. He was saying, like, uh, you know, he has, a, he has a lot of interesting tweets, but this one was it caught my eye. I'll just read it here. I'm saying I think I took a screenshot of it. A five a five hundred dollar tournament will have the same impact as a ten thousand dollar or fifty thousand dollar tournament in Web three games. It's better to do weekly $500 tournaments with consistency than a big prize pool tournament. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment. I think that's he's kind of on point there because we were talking about this last night on our on our block party podcast. Is the the nature of esports in Web three is going to look a little bit different than the nature of esports in uh, traditional Web two games? We were saying uh, because because of the, the nature of how our games work, they're very much community-based and everyone can, you, know, you can have like, uh, what's up? No future, you can't hear me? Am I no, not no, because I, I remember you saying your mic is directional. You might be talking in a, not the direction of the mic. So oh. Now you're better. Mm, yeah, I turn my head sometimes when I talk, so that's all it takes yeah. sometimes, I guess. You gotta learn to mic. just like stay stuck right in front of the mic. It's annoying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I was just saying, uh, you know, with esports, I think they're going to look different in Web3 just because we have uh, like pod like communities that have formed, you know, within like Avagachi, for example. I could see each, each guild having their own esports tournaments, maybe inviting other guilds and then having something like that with a smaller prize pool. Where right now, if you look at Web2 games like League of Legends, they're playing for like, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollar prize pools uh, for like a, a tournament with like an arena full of people watching. Like it's really a big spectacle. I don't know if Web3 is going to have that. Not, not soon anyway. Maybe someday we'll have something like that. But uh, I think we have the technology to create the, these sorts of tournaments, this sort of vibe, but on a smaller yeah. scale. The, when we think of like our biggest expenditure as a DAO, which is currently rarity farming, it, we call them seasons, but you know, are they really seasons? It's, it's really just uh, a cumulative experience. It, it's not like the leaderboard really resets from to zero every season. 
you're everyone's starting with the stuff that they already own and that's that's kind of how rarity farming was was uh designed but doesn't really encourage a bunch of ecosystem spending which is the goal of rarity farming because otherwise without that spending it becomes unsustainable the goal of rarity farming is to get people to spend more than the price pool uh you know in, in trading so we i think uh before we do the next season of rarity farming like after season five with season six we really should try and evaluate as a dow some better models for uh doing kind of rewards for gachi holders otherwise we're just going to keep spending our treasury and eventually the dow is going to run out of ghosts See, I see um, Zico said something, and I, I totally agree. It'd be nice to be able to give away uh, other NFTs as the prize, like maybe some like decos or something special like that, um, as opposed to just being ghosts, uh, something that's limited. Because uh, if you were doing regular, like doing a weekly tournament would be so much fun, even if it was a small, smaller prize pool, because uh, it would just keep people constantly engaged. It's almost like having a weekly poker night, you know? And uh, just everybody's there, and they're just you know it's a, a community event. So I think that would be very powerful. Well, I yeah, guess I'll ask. Uh, oh, sorry, I was just gonna say. I guess I'll quickly follow up with that and ask maybe you know with the forge coming out, we're gonna have these different schematics and components available. Would the top leaderboard with the top leaderboard spots? Do you think they would compete for something like a godlike schematic instead of like five thousand ghosts or ten thousand ghosts as a prize? Maybe they get a godlike schematic or some sort of a really rare component to craft a wearable instead. I like it. I just worry that it, it somehow will cause inflation or like, I don't know how that could be. Like, it feels like there might be a downside where mm. like if it's a, like I was thinking, even with these um, these NFTs that we give away as prizes, maybe they're community um, designed and they're forged. Like they come from the forge, so there is some kind of value, but without diluting or inflating, like you know, alloy or essence in any way. I don't know how we do that, but you know, just brainstorming. Yeah, I mean, I was I was referring to the schematic because if you had a schematic, you technically would not be inflating the supply. You'd just be having you get another option essentially to to craft a godlike, but it seems like the godlikes, they would uh, be quite intense with like how much material you need to craft them. Yeah, see what it doesn't Actions need to be godlikes, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to uh kind of tournaments in the arena. And those could be uh, last kind of last man standing kind of things. I like that. Because that doesn't mean I necessarily have to kill other people. I just have to be good at running. Yeah, exactly. King of the Hill could be interesting where like there's like this box and then the longer you spend, the longer time you spend in the box, the more power you have, you know, the harder you are to kill. Well, Kronos has, um, they've launched their open beta. What they're doing is they have like a, a battle royale version. But what happens is it's kind of like Fortnite in a sense where it's like a circle that's enclosing. And if you get stuck out, you know, outside of the, the uh, in the blue, you get damaged. 
So like at first I was trying to kill other people, but I found I won more matches by just running from everybody and staying away from damage and just being like the last person, you know, when there's only two of us, then kill that person. And I have a much better chance. So if we can implement something like that in the arena, like a, like a hot zone where you're basically can't be at the edges and you're slowly being pushed towards each other uh, in a, uh, you know, battle. Yeah, something like that would be really interesting. I know you guys mentioned a whole bunch of different uh, game types that we could play around with once the arena is established. So that'd be good to to have like the king of the hill or capture the flag, one-on-ones, uh, three-on-threes, uh, that sort of thing. And then I also remember you mentioned something about being able to hold our own arena battles at some point. Maybe this is not maybe V1, maybe it might have been... Uh, might have been v2 or v3 of the arena but uh, do you have any uh anything on like what that could look like when people are holding their own arenas would it be like on your land or would it be just like another instance that gets uh spun up just reading the chat here Oh, what? I didn't know that. Somebody's saying, uh, Flame, you're saying in RuneScape you could die your Santa hat block. I did not know that. That's a little hack there, sir. Oh, man. There's still firecrackers going off? I mean, you guys were celebrating Year of the Rabbit last week, right? So you're the gotcha. It goes, it goes forever. The last day is Sunday. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is a celebration and a half right there. Yeah. yeah, it concludes on Sunday with um, kind of a, it's like the last day and it's the big send off and it's uh, typically like the lantern festival. So it's going to be, uh, depending where you live, like here in Singapore, those like areas of town you can go where there's just beautiful lanterns and paper handmade lanterns all over the, the district. And um, it, it's really, really nice. Some of some places will do like a parade and um Back in the city I used to live in in China, they would do like massive, almost like a like a Thanksgiving Day parade kind of scale of, but everything's like a paper. I don't know how to say like a rice paper kind of thing with with probably lights, not candles inside of them, but that soft glow. And all the companies and like major players in that city would sponsor it. So you'd have like major corporate sponsors with these really elegant um, kind of. You know, very Asian aesthetic, like ancient kind of aesthetic uh, uh, lanterns going. So not just like the lantern you hold, but like giant floats, basically. So oh, yeah, a couple couple days to go. It's really fun. They they sound like they know how to celebrate over there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And apparently, fireworks where Dan is. So. All the poor doggos who are getting freaked out right now. <laughs> yeah, right. I always feel bad for them. Um, I, I am. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm just curious. I've got all these fake gachis, and I just installed my first sixteen by sixteen, and I'm I'm sitting here debating which which fake gachi to put into my supersized golden altar or golden display here. I feel like the Pepinardo would feel right at home in that display. 
you know what that's probably what it's going to be i'm staring at that right now i'm like yeah <laughs> we're talking about um the portal right pepernardo isn't that a yeah. uh isn't that a uh horizontal not horizontal a vertical display like not a square no nope, it's it, a square it's actually square yeah i know that for a fact because when we were first doing the physical uh verified fakes these physical prints you can order with the soul made card um when we were researching that we got a i got a sample sent to me and that was back before pepernardo actually adjusted the he, he cropped it and, and redid it whatever to make it a square for the actual fake gachi but like the the first rendition of it it was not square so i i have a like unofficial sample uh rectangle kind of portrait version of that piece and i think i'm i'm the only one that ever will so i, I got that going for me that's the one that you have in your background right whenever you're yeah. like uh, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> That that one is totally not a square, but I I think uh, since then like every it's it's actually minted as a square. So square. So Pepernardo, yeah, that's a that's a classic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's cool. gonna be a gachi classic right there. And actually, it's a rare Pepernardo uh, piece because I was looking at all of his other works, and I think that piece is his only square piece of artwork. Everything else is rectangle. Huh. Well, that's interesting. It is, yeah. So he usually goes for that card, uh, that card uh, aspect ratio that we see mm. in the figures. Uh, and so this is a. Uh, I like how he's kind of gone with the different style here for Avogadro because I think we do fit. We fit into the more square aesthetic for sure. Like I, I, I know we have some of the more. Uh, we have the portrait aspect ratio. We have the card right. But I think just, you know, with the, this day and age with Instagram and everything, it seems like the square seems to be more popular. I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought you were re referring to like Avogashis are made of pixels, little squares. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That could be another angle there, too. I don't know. I'm, I'm torn, though. I mean, shout outs to like Soju. Soju has been doing amazing, like really cool kind of quote unquote tokenomics behind uh, his recent releases. I'm a big fan of uh i think right now he's got the auctions going on right and if you if the auction goes under floor then he'll burn uh one of the supply something like that so it kind of like protects the early auctioners who might might go a little hard at the beginning before price discovery is really set i think that's that's a good model going forward i, I really like that i think he uh -huh. called that the race to valhalla model right is that the one I think that's another one, which, uh, for, oh, okay, that's for, different. and I don't under, yeah, I haven't read into that one as much. That one sounds a little bit more wild, a little bit more fun. So, uh, I don't know the name for the one I'm talking about, but it's, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. He says five Pepagachis have already been burned and, uh, okay. So he's, he's doing the model I'm describing for the Pepagachi piece and the, the race to Valhalla Thrax is saying is the opposite. So not, not quite sure how that one works. Um, maybe we can find out here in a minute. Yeah, I'm interested. Also, if Soju, if you want to just come up and even tell us uh, yeah. about these models you're experimenting with, uh, feel free to put your hand up there. Also, Thrax, feel free to come up because I know we you, it got lost in the saucer because we were talking about DAO stuff, but uh, you just dropped an epic piece uh, up in the thread. So if you want to you know, drop that again or come up on stage and talk about it, please uh, raise your hand. 
Yeah, there it is. I just dropped it in the chat again. Looks like 11, uh, one reserved. So 10 will be available, it looks like. And Zbot, as I understand, I haven't checked in on fakeachis.com lately, but um, today, but I think Zbot put out what? Everything's being auctioned for the, you get the physical plus the, the high res 3D file or something with the, the really super fine detailed Avogachi, 3D Avogachi piece he's, he's put together. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that there's a lot of auctions going up right now. He says all auctions, but only 10 fidgetal. VRF raffle. Oh. oh. <laughs> I can't keep up. <laughs> okay. Cool. The lava model. There's just so much going on with fake gotchis. There could be like fake gotchis could could totally stand on its own as its you know its own thing oh yeah it does, it does but i mean like you could have spaces every day just trying to keep up with everything happening with it oh we have uh we got soju up on stage here gm gm sir creative director of block party that's right, creative director. Yeah, I'm everybody. How are you? Doing well, friend. How are you? Doing well. Um, yeah, I guess with the, the burn model stuff I'm doing, um, I don't know. I just, I'm trying to make a system that sort of uh, relinquishes control, like, from me and just kind of, like, make something that's, like, organically balanced by, you know, the markets and psychology and demand and all that. Um, yeah, I don't know, because I, I don't like, you know, saying there's going to be this many at this much. Um, I, I kind of like it to sort of evolve, you know? Yeah. Um, how did you come up with these models? Was, did you look at, like, uh, you know, did some research and saw other potential models like these that work? Or is this like, you know, keen like insight from a background that we don't know about? Like, do you have some psych psychology background, you know, minor in college or something that you're not telling us about that steeped its way in, in, a, in a useful way? Um, I wish I could say that, but, but no, they just kind of came from my brain after like, you know, I, I've probably done like four or five fake gotchis now. So like, I've kind of seen Sort of what markets do when you just kind of like do things the standard way and i was like all right like i wonder like what some methods would would be that would make like the market react differently and yeah these two methods came out of my brain i have a third one it's called mind the cap i'll post that later today it's a little interesting yeah i mean it's innovative friend like if you think about it last year uh, i don't know if anybody has a link to it but there was like a research paper done on gbm auctions like in abagachi so you are kind of innovating on that, and maybe you might end up in an academic research paper on the Valhalla method to GBMs, you know? <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be pretty funny. I would love to read that paper if anybody has the, uh, the old link to it or whatnot. Feel free to DM me with it. So do you have any uh, pieces that you uh, plan on releasing? Any alpha you could drop as an artist? Oh, man. Uh, okay. So I have a little bit of alpha. I, I don't want to give too much because I'm trying to save this until it's completely done. 
I have something a little unique uh, that I'm working on. And I guess the only alpha I'll put out is that there's going to be 100 original one of ones. Um, and it's going to take a while for me to finish them, but they're going to be these cool things you can collect. And um, I'm going to be using a really interesting distribution method. I uh, spoke with a dev team and even got them to accept Ghost. So it's going to be a, a whole thing I'm, I'm sort of planning out here. Uh, but yeah, no more alpha. That's it. <laughs> oh, look at that. That's awesome. Could you help us? What's the road to Valhalla in a nutshell? How's that? How's that version work? Oh, so the road to Valhalla is a system that rewards the uh, a bidder for outbidding um, a previous, or I'm sorry, uh, rewards a bidder for um, uh, bidding higher than a previous sale amount, and it works on a multiplier scale. So, say somebody were to pay ten percent more on GBM for a piece than it previously sold for, then maybe uh, one edition would burn. Say they bid 25% more, then maybe three editions would burn. Um, say they bid five or you know 50% more, then five editions burn, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, a system where you're rewarded to outburn the last bidder, and that, uh, that bid functions on a multiplier scale. Oh, wow. That's... That's actually really interesting because it seems like, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the higher you're bidding on the pieces, the more exclusive your piece gets if you win that piece. Because you're burning, you're burning the uh, whatever ratio of what you bid, right? Yeah, and I like these models to sort of have a gamified element. So like, you know, say you're like a whale bidder or just somebody who likes to kind of degen. You could come in and sort of shape the market um, based on your your high bids. So you know you could come in here and be like, you know what, I'm going to burn 10% of the supply and bid you know 100% more than the last bid, and um, it, it gives like uh, it gives the heavy bidders just more control over the final distribution and, and the market process. I think, hopefully at least in in theory. I haven't tested out these models yet, mm -hmm. but. These are just all experimental at the moment. I don't think I've seen anything like that before, so it's going to be really interesting. Hopefully. You know, I'm sorry about that. But... What's that, Thrax? Or are you saying? I, was on, the, I was on the fence about, about how that distribution model would work because my initial idea was a similar concept but no percentages it would just be like if the um, next sale price was higher than the previous one i would burn one of the supply it's a little bit less complicated than i thought therefore it would be better but i like this model yeah, i agree with you it's like they can't get too complex or else you're giving people homework to do and nobody likes that like at all so it's it's tricky and you gotta balance it like with your your end right because you don't want to have to sit there and look at a thousand different transactions to figure out who won what or who burned what i kind of like shot myself in the foot with the bsl stuff because i have to like go and track who bought which piece when they had it and did they have these pieces in their wallet at that time so it's a little tricky 
Yeah, that sounds like it would be hard because then you're kind of like, you know, it's like you need a tool like snap, uh, snapshot or something at that point. Ooh, that's not a bad idea, actually. Maybe we should incorporate that. A snapshot for fake gotchis. So you're voting with uh, some kind of a, uh, you're voting with some sort of mechanism there on what should be burned, what should be kept. Well, not just, not just that, like you don't, necessarily need to have votes but you can see who's holding what at what time at least right oh yeah mm -hmm. as long as they let you do it by addition count because i think fake gotchis as an entire collection you know it'll just show everybody is having it as long as they let snapshots sort of distinguish between like gotchi meant this to that then then i feel like it would work right i started to set up like a little because I, my ENS was in my hacked wallet, so I had to go get that, and then I stopped. But I do want to try something like that for sure. But if you're saying that fake gotchis are, I mean, they are, I remember that. It's all, it's all one collection on OpenSea, so it might be a little tricky. Uh, you mentioned your Black Swan liquidators. Uh, how did that uh, shake out with the mecha gachi? Because you also had an interesting mechanic there that you're doing, and now... I think we're maybe two months past the initial release. So how did that all shake out? Uh, how many mecha gachis are there? Are the Black Swan liquidators doing? Well, the, the mechas are fully released now. So there's four in the wild and one in my wallet. The one in my wallet's just like staying there because I like it. Um, last night, I released like, I don't know, 15 BSLs and a bunch of them got destroyed. The BS, the the Mechagachi force were there, man. They were waiting, and I think we've burned probably like maybe eight at this point. I have to go through and check. I haven't burned them yet, but a bunch went. Cool to watch. And so the idea there is, if you burn five Black Swan liquidators, you kill one Mechagachi. Is that right? No, 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 you don't have to burn anything. That, that was the fun of it. So they're basically like teams against each other, right? So a Mechagachi will easily destroy a single Black Swan liquidator. But Black Swans kind of have to gang up on Mechagachi. So if you have five Black Swans in your wallet and you buy a Mecha, I will burn one of the supply. Ah, okay, there it is. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So I was really worried about the Mechas, man, because... Like some people were, were out to get a bunch of BSLs last night and I thought they were going to go for the Mecca as well. But thankfully they didn't. So I get to keep going. <laughs> or else you'd have to, yeah, you'd have to let that one go, right? Yeah, I'll have to burn it. We'll find one on second one day. <laughs> yeah, very interesting release mechanics there with that. Uh, so I think we're we're coming to the end of the end of our little hangout here on Saturday. Uh, do we have anything else we want to get out there to to wrap up? I have a small small thing uh, <clears throat> question, and uh, I just want to say thank you to you, Hefe, and uh, uh, the Gachi Vault, and everyone that voted on the Infinity Keys proposal. We we went over quorum and with. Uh, like over 95% support, and I'm absolutely thrilled. Um, is the correct next step to submit a core prop and discuss at the DAO meeting tomorrow? Is that our our path forward? 
So yeah, so a quickly path forward is going to be, I, I don't think, unless there's something specific, uh, there wouldn't really be need to, to rediscuss, but if there are, you know, specific points the community might have on iterating on the proposal, I haven't heard anything new, like, uh, you know, the proposal looked, uh, it looked good to me, but, you know, if there is anything that we need to do in regards to adjustments, we could do that. And then uh, if you can take your edited or, you know, the same version of your proposal and get it over to um, Coder Dan, they do a weekly uh, posting. And then actually that's something we can actually talk about uh, maybe either this DAO meeting or the next one is a process uh, to post the, the core prop after the SIG prop is passed. Uh, maybe this is something, you know, once we have some leadership established, maybe this is something that DAO can uh, handle uh, or, you know, in collaboration with Pixelcraft handle uh, posting the core props. But yeah, for now, uh, if you can just get the uh, edited version or, you know, the, the final version over to Pixelcraft, they'll, uh, they'll post the core prop there. I appreciate that very much. Thank you, folks, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that, tomorrow at the DAO meeting, uh, we do have quite a bit to discuss there. Uh, some of the things off the top of my head, uh, we could follow up on our bonding curve discussion. Uh, there's some uh, threads in the forum discussion in the forums right now. Uh, uh, there was uh, monthly dev updates, uh, some people asking uh, status of the great battle. And, uh, and then we have the 2023 kinship burn initiative by Yannick as well as uh, touching on some of the Avagachi text-based RPG uh, led by Bowtide Nerd that I was talking about. And, uh, and of course, we're always kind of iterating on the, the mission and vision. I'm hoping uh, we can get to some sort of a, an agreement on that, uh, but we put together a mirror board for that uh, that we can look at tomorrow as well. So that's kind of our uh, agenda for tomorrow's DAO meeting. And uh, for anybody that has not been to one of these DAO meetings, there are we try to make it easy for anybody to join. You know, it's right here in the Discord at uh, 2 p.m. UTC. So feel free to join us there and uh, it'll be a good time. No future? Zombie, you guys got anything else? Coder uh, Dan, Golden Cross? <laughs> no, if you guys have any good All ideas right. uh, for potential uh, trivia for the Eat Denver Cafe, or uh, if you know any sites that you could send me to uh, create a uh, word search, <laughs> I'll try to I'll take it on my own and try to make a little gotcha word search and and play around with that. Uh, otherwise, uh, everybody have a great weekend. We'll be around tomorrow for the DAO meeting, and uh, just friends, remember to stay friendly. Absolutely, totally agree. Have a good weekend, everybody. Later, friends. Mm -hmm. Take it easy, friends. Yeah, thank you for joining us, everybody. Peace.